What's that? Oh, we're live. Hey, hello, everybody. It's Graham Brown in the Pitch Deck Asia studio. We're back. And we're talking about what we've been talking about for the last year. You know what? We've had a lot of fun. We've had well over 100 startups come into this studio and share their stories, all different stripes, sizes, often post-seed startups, all the way up to some post-Series A as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the highlights from the last year, what we learned in talking to these startup founders, and also what we're looking forward to for the next series, the next year in helping startup founders share their story here on Pitch Deck Asia. So my name's Graham Brown. I'm joined by my colleague, Pratana Sibal. Sibal. Sibal, yeah. That's Welcome. Fine. Thank you. <laughs> so you've seen a lot come and go mm -hmm. in the Pitch Deck Asia studio as well. So it's been an interesting year, hasn't it? We've yeah. seen a real mix. Mm. We've seen startups from all over Asia as well. Exactly, yeah. And not just tech startups. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a a feature as well. We're, we're splitting this up, aren't we, into the review show, different themes. So we're going to do one on memorable startups, yeah. which is the more interesting startups, mm -hmm. including those which you probably wouldn't see necessarily at a pitch competition. Mm. The weird and interesting world of startups here in Singapore. We're going to do those. We're going to talk about startups that have raised funds successfully. Yeah. And so if you're in the business of raising funds, stick around and find out who successfully raised funds and how they did it. Mm. And also the big challenge here in Singapore, startups that have recruited. Yeah, hiring is a really big challenge here yeah. in Singapore. I mean, I say to everybody that, mm. you know, raising funds is the easiest task. Mm. Finding talent here in Singapore is the real challenge, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about who's done that, how they did it little bit of mm -hmm. background to the stories that they told because this is all about stories right we're big on stories so. yeah so where are we going to start today so today the first one we'll be talking about is so today's theme is all about good stories so yeah. founders all the memorable stories that we still talk about we still keep on telling people about their stories hopefully that inspires them so good stories uh first one uh, it's a recent uh, startup that came on our show, and that's Sea Miles. Sea -Miles. Miles. Yeah. So we had Priyanka Saini and Rohan Mahatre who came yeah. in from the team. And very interesting background. So they both have a background and they have seen the life of seafarers. Yeah. I mean, that's a really niche area, right? The seafarers yeah. being people who work on ships. Exactly. And their families into that yeah, that's right so they have literally seen the whole world from mm. all the way from the childhood so i remember priyantra saying that how um, as kids they used to wait in line yeah uh, when their father used to trawl just mm. to jump mm. on a trawl once and just to make sure that you know he's all right and rohan was sharing how he used to go on with on the ship with his father and be yeah. on, in the sea for really long pilot the ship yeah. <laughs> or, so he thought when he was a kid, right? Yeah. I thought it was quite nice. It was a good example of personalizing mm -hmm. what could be, you know, a dry subject. Yeah. And I think you get that a lot in tech, don't you? Mm -hmm. And we talk about the difference between, and we talk about this in our storytelling workshop, mm -hmm. the difference between content and context, content being what you make and context what you do for people. And a great way to talk about the context of your startup is to personalize it with a story. Yeah. And, you know, get emotional. Make people, you know, 
make people cry if you have to like make it emotional mm. and don't be afraid to like speak to their inner emotions because people buy an emotion and justify with logic right so when you're talking about sea miles which is effectively it's like, a reward system yeah like air miles for seafarers right yeah people might just turn off listening to that right yeah but and they really personalized it well i thought yeah and uh, to be honest from their story we understood that okay i understand your pain yeah so because they have been through that so that's why the whole business and the, the whole business model has come out of that mm. that what could have benefited them what could have benefited their father after leaving you know after retiring and even the family while the the, the father the family member is on the sea with the rest of the family it's always good to know where they yeah. are and you know send little gifts here and there so they are not just looking at rewards Uh, just rewards they're also looking from the wellness point of yeah, view yeah that was a big theme wasn't it yeah. wellness and you know how sensitive employers are to wellness now yeah. it's not just you know about looking after the employees but also recruitment as well yeah. and how important that is if you can show that you look after your people then mm. you will find it easier to attract the right people right mm -hmm. because good workplaces good cultures that look after people they talk right and yeah. people say you should work over here because they look after us and they do x y and z for us right mm. those small experiences can make a big impact on recruitment yeah and they said that in this space actually recruitment is a huge issue right because of the benefits that you don't really get a lot of benefits mm. so how that's why with their rewards coming into place how they can still incentivize people in different ways not necessarily always monetary mm. but other ways um so that was very interesting and they also mentioned how usually initially it's used to be that okay if a family member is in this space so usually the yeah, next yeah. generation is going to grow in as well yeah. but now with so many options out there they actually start questioning that why should i go be on the ship as compared to maybe i can go and work in tps yeah for example yeah well that that is the same for every employer now right yeah well you've got you know this sort of traditional or a tradition i should say of father and son in many cases it usually is father and son and they would then go into a career for life. Mm -hmm. But for this generation coming through now, I mean we know careers for life don't exist anymore, but especially these more traditional industries. Once that goes, your main source of acquiring talent disappears. Mm. And then it sort of resorts to and what became apparent from um if you watch the podcast with C Miles is that it's you know the default in the industry is this agency model where they just hire people into ships and there's no sense of allegiance there's no sense of family mm. and there's no sense of connection to the ship or the people around them and that all disappears and therefore you know you have those issues of wellness but also importantly the retention of those people and the acquisition of new talent becomes a real challenge mm. so i thought they did a really good job of storytelling yeah because they they laid it out and said look this is the nuts and bolts of what it is but here's the personal story here's my personal pain point hmm. what we've experienced we get it so i think you know if you want an example of how to do it with something that's it's a hard topic to hmm. sell yeah and very niche then you know i think they did a good job of it yeah so do we want to jump into the pitch deck as well 
No, that's fine. Let's get, let's do the next one. I think we've skipped through it, haven't we? We've jumped through it. Done a good job. Okay. Yeah. Great. So the next one, uh, my personal favorite, and actually the next one is uh, one of the shows in which you didn't speak a lot. It mm. was the guest who was talking a lot, and I'm intrigued. She had a great story, and she just held the show so nicely. Yeah. So it is Tuhina Singh from Propine. Yeah, this was good. Yeah. So. It is very interesting how she told her story uh, and her all the way from her background and how mm. she landed in doing MBA and then she realized, oh, it was never my decision actually. It was my dad, <laughs> dad's, and I just. It's a very Indian thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. So she, um, but still, she didn't back out. She completed that. Mm. Then, very interestingly, she. I think she had spent around 10 years in finance already and then mm. she moved to Singapore uh, after getting married. Mm. After that... It's amazing what detail you remember. Yes, I really liked her story because well, I connected with... I mean, isn't that important, yeah. right? It's like she's given away this information. Yeah. And when, you know, again, like when we do these workshops of people in storytelling, mm -hmm. people think that you've just got to stick to the script of the product or the service, yet... Tahina did a great job of giving all her backstory mm -hmm. and the fact that she's married and the fact that she moved to Singapore. And people might think, oh, they don't want to hear about that. That's too personal. But we do, right? We want to mm. hear about that, not because it's interesting, but it has a real value for anybody who's pitching. Because yeah. at the end of the day, and there's one thing you want to take away from this review show is that people buy people. We know that. But if you're an early stage investor, you're going to invest in the person first and the product second. Mm. So if I can connect with that person and trust them and feel that their journey is relevant to me, like Tahina's, I get that. I get the why behind it. Now I'm in, right? Yeah. That is so important. You know, okay, great product. That comes second. Let's talk about that after. But first, do I believe in you? Mm. And all the detail that you shared now is a good example that you've remembered all this stuff, right? Yeah. And that has obviously connected with you. Mm. This is also a very great point for somebody who wants to work for Tahina. Oh, because yeah. if the story resonates even a bit, uh, then that means even the vision is going to resonate. Yeah, right? and how important that is, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're a talent looking for, um, you know, a home where you, or a project where you can get the 100x, you're going you're gonna to buy into the founders, right? Mm. That's the key here. You look at the founders and say, yeah, I get the vision. I get where you're coming from. Again, I'm on board. It's the same with investors, right? Yeah. So back to her story. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so when she came to Singapore, she had an offer in hand. And then she got pregnant. Mm. And interestingly, suddenly it was a Thursday and they were discussing, okay, fine, start on Monday. And she gets a mail uh, that the offer is resigned. Like she, she, they are not hiring anymore for that position after she had revealed that she's pregnant. Right, wow. Yeah, so that's what happened. So they never gave a reason, obviously. Just went quiet. Yeah, because they can't give a reason. Yeah, yeah. But that was, I think, a turning point in her life when she decided that she's not going to work for a bank or any financial institution mm. or just work otherwise. Uh, then what she 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 has always been a coder so she self-learned blockchain crypto mm. and she understood 
the problem that she was facing even while she was working in finance before mm. and then yeah that's how the startup came through that yeah i like the fact that the story has that sort of epiphany moment or mm-hmm. that you know in in some cases it's pain and it's real yeah. and frustration you know like again we go back to sea miles how that was born out of wellness or you know like loneliness in some cases mm. for people who work in these large ships but now going to this story it's like somebody felt frustrated by you know how they were treated and you know that sort of was the energy to project her to do something better mm. you know to turn that into a positive yeah exactly and i think uh, her story was also and i i felt that she's very driven also mm. that she never gave up and she w- had self learned everything about blockchain and crypto uh even though it was just the starting of the blockchain when it was cool mm. so she learned it and then she realized how it can be incorporated in finance and then and she didn't um really learned the technology herself she built a team around it so she managed the whole team she drew a whole team with the expertise mm. that can complement her so team was really key to propine i think yeah we haven't even said what they do yeah. it's funny isn't it <laughs> and it's digital asset management or custody yeah custody yeah but how that has sort of come second in our conversation right mhm but that's so important for the storytelling yeah you know that that first 5 minutes that you have with somebody yeah okay we're going to get to talk about blockchain and digital assets but if you don't get the first part out first then all that second part doesn't matter yeah very interesting so you like that one that was your personal pick yeah that was my personally my favorite yeah then we have another one uh we have asia law network i think this is your personally yeah. favorite yeah, one yeah i'm right? a fan yeah so you are a fan of sherilyn tan oh, i am yeah very much so, so Graham, do you want to tell the story so um asia law network i know through a mutual friend who invested in Asia Law Network name of Stephen Liu a good friend of mine and um obviously he's a lawyer um there he is the third one in the deck there so Stephen um is a lawyer who's sort of you know operating at the top level in um legal counsel he gets it he gets the problem that um Asia Law Network are trying to fix they're trying to solve and interestingly correct me if I'm wrong Sherilyn but I don't think Sherilyn was a lawyer or had any kind of no, like yeah. you know articles in that sense you may have studied it but i didn't think she qualified in that sense which makes it even more interesting cuz she's an outsider in that sense trying to fix an internal problem i think really what inspired me about sherilyn is um again you know, we're not even talking about the product yet is just how she hustled the product in the early days and it's inspiring in the sense that it then forces me and us as a team to raise our game and anybody mm. should watch this and learn how to do it it's a 101 it's a playbook really how do you go out and sell a product before you have a product right <laughs> and what Sherilyn did is she effectively and again you know I don't know the full details of this but as I understand it she basically got the wireframes or screenshots of her first iteration of Asia Asia Law Network. So here's the idea. This is what it can look like. And you can go to websites like Balsamic and make this stuff, right? Get the wireframes and the screenshots, the mock-up, 
pay somebody on Fiverr like a hundred bucks to do this for you. You're in the game. Take your laptop or your iPad and go and knock on the doors and pitch people and say, this is what we want to do. This is the problem that we want to fix. Are you interested? Are you in? And effectively, that's what she did, knocking on doors for the first stage in Growing Age Law Network. And that takes a lot of guts. I think it's a lot easier to spend all your time at pitch competitions. Hmm. It's a lot easier to spend all your time developing apps and playing around with code. It's a lot harder to get out there and pitch people, especially when you don't have a product. So I think there's two lessons to take away from that that I got from that story is one, how powerful those kind of, you know, like startup stories are yeah. for telling you about the kind of person you're dealing with. Mm. Because, you know, like may maybe you can just do that presentation about Asia Law Network. And, you know, this is the product, which is a platform to help connect lawyers and customers like you and me to a lawyer without having to go directly through the firm. So you can get sort of like, you know... Um, I do 15-minute consultation yeah, just about something. I think you have also I've used... I've done it, yeah, yeah. I've used it, yeah. yeah. So, and it's great. I mean, you're paying, I don't know, 50 or 60 bucks. But mm. I don't think it's so much the the money, but it's the fact that if I go to a law firm, I have to sit with them and they have to listen to me and they do a fact find. You don't need all that. Yeah. You just say, look, this is the problem, solve it. It's like the Fiverr model, right? Like, mm. I need somebody to make this, do you do that? That's the startup way of seeing things, right? Yeah. That if you have a problem, you just need a solution then and there, and it's done. You don't need to build all this kind of like overhead around it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a law firm. And lawyers like it. So you, you could just present Asia Law Network as that, but you know, Sherilyn's pitch started with the whole story. And I think if you deal with early stage investors, they're very much interested in the journey. Where have you come from, you know, like A to B? What's changed? And, you know, what have you learned in that process? And to hustle, yeah. how valuable that is, because it means that you can find your way and you can walk through walls, do yeah. all that. And Ram, I think I've uh, recently seen a lot of pitch dates and there are a couple of pitch dates in which they mention about uh, the media features and stuff like right. that. Rather than that, if they actually make like a hustle deck, as you said, like yeah. a hustle slide. That's Rena, Rena's idea, a hustle yeah. deck. So if that, that actually how many people you have knocked the doors at yeah. and gone and met and talked Rather than going to media, just go and speak to your customers first. Yeah. Right? That's what investors want to see. That Do you really understand the problem of your customer? Absolutely. Yeah, let's not forget, at the end of the day, we as startups, we are a startup, you are a startup, or you're investing in startups. We're in the business to make money, not raise money. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. you know. And it's all about sales. If you can't sell, then you shouldn't be in business, right? Businesses live or die by sales. They either, you know, the sales is less than the cost or the cost is higher than the sales. It's, that's why they go out of business, right? At the end of the day, it's all about selling. And if you can't do that, then find somebody who can sell for you. Going out and hustling is really the number one skill of an entrepreneur. So um, seeing that in a, in a founder, I think it's fantastic. And we need more of it. Yeah. So hopefully Sherilyn's story is an inspiration that this is kind of what you need to do. As a bonus, we didn't uh, discuss this like off air, but uh, 
as a bonus, let's talk about maybe Tony Fernandez. Tony Fernandez. Yeah, how is I, he raising money? He's not raising money, <laughs> but how in his initial days he used to just wear his red cap. Yeah. Air Asia red cap and walk around, and yeah. that was the branding, and that was how people started knowing him. Hmm. So but he's a hustler as well. He's a real hustler. But he was yeah. like, I mean, we were talking about when he met um, Richard Branson. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Richard Branson's a hustler as well. I mean, you know, Richard Branson's a chancer in the sense that if he spots an opportunity, he'll ask yeah. cheekily. <laughs> and I think Tony very much takes after that and is inspired by that. It's amazing how those kind of people inspire each other. Mm. And then Tony inspires us or other people, right? And he's saying when he met, so the the Tony story is that he was working, I think, at Warner Music at the time. Tony, you can correct me if I'm wrong. And he was an accountant, effectively, and he wanted to work. No, sorry, he wanted to work in the music industry. That was it. Oh, yeah. He has always wanted to work in but music. But he was an accountant. Yeah. And he pitched all the record labels in the old days when record labels were big things. And he, they all said, no, we don't want you, except one, which was Virgin. And they said, come in and meet us. So he went in. And he had an interview and he was walking out of the the interview room as far as I'm in a corridor. Yeah. And he saw Richard Branson and then he just started talking to him and then pitched him and he got a job effectively. And mm. I remember Tony saying that I asked him, what did they talk about? And he said he was from Malaysia. Mm. And somehow the conversation got to like the wild man of Borneo or something. That's what <laughs> I don't know. But you've got to make an impression, I guess. Yeah, so I guess the point with Tony Fernandez is like, you know, he, he's a good storyteller. Yeah. And he has to hustle. And, you know, l look what it does. You know, it's a good example, right? You don't have to be salesy. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to be good at telling stories. And you have to be good at, you know, taking that opportunity and I'll not be scared. Yeah. Uh, that he did say in the podcast that we did with him that, okay, it could have been the Asian way. Uh, in my head that mm. oh should I talk to Richard Branson or should I not but he actually went on and spoke to him yeah so that was I think one of his uh, that is one of his beliefs that you know if you have an opportunity just grab it mm. otherwise it's gonna go by <laughs> yeah you have to yeah seize it and that is, I suppose that's the key to storytelling isn't it Be, yeah. you know work on your story um, as a startup it's not about your product as much as it is about how you package the product mm. you know because you've got to remember as well that you are one of hundreds of thousands of potential you know sources of information or annoyance out there to investors you know you're just another story out there so how do you get across to people so you know if you haven't thought about that or you need help with it as well we do storytelling workshops so you know feel free to reach out to us on that um, but you know if you don't have access to our storytelling workshops here in Singapore I'd recommend you go and um, watch some of these Pitch Deck Asia shows and see what works it's just examples like find stories that work for you and model them it's as easy as that Wow Ram just to end would you like to give like a tip for any startup who is now they just want to tell their story so any mm. one tip for them yeah, okay, so an easy tip here. If you're a startup raising funds or hiring or you just want to tell your story, don't tell people what you do. Tell them what you're going to build. So I think that's the easiest way to answer that question at those 
networking events or those startup parties that you go to when people say, what do you do? Don't tell them what you do. Tell them what you're going to build. Oh, that's a really strong one. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep it short and sweet. So you've been watching the review show for Pitch Deck Asia. We've been reviewing some of the shows from the last season and hopefully previewing some of the content coming out in the next season, coming up here on Pitch Deck Asia. Brought to you by Pitch Media Asia. Thanks for signing in. And if you are interested in finding out more, go and check out our website, pitchdeck.asia, where you can find more of these stories and some inspiration to help you make your pitch better. Hi, Graham Brown from Pitch Deck Asia. Pitch Deck Asia, powered by Pitch Media Asia. Pitch Deck Asia is all about giving startup founders a voice. We are a show to help startup founders share their journey. So if you enjoy these stories, then why not subscribe to our YouTube channel? There's the subscribe button over there. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us on the journey. Leave a comment. I look forward to seeing you at the next episode.